I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are discussing shame, but first today's rosebud and thorn. My rose is that I I introduced my family to one of my favorite wines last night. It's Lambrusco. If you haven't had it, it's such a fun wine. It's a red, but it's light and it's sparkling. It's delicious. My thorn is that we did order two bottles of it and I am not able to drink like I used to be able to. I'm definitely in my 30s. It did not go well for me this morning in terms of just feeling like I have a spring in my step. My bud is that I have afternoon tea scheduled today on the boat and I am pumped. Okay, like I mentioned in the intro today, we are talking about shame. What is it, how it happens, and how to recognize its effect on your life. Then on Thursday, we will discuss ways to move through shame. I know it may seem elementary to define shame here, but I do think it's helpful to see how a common word that we hear so often is defined with lots of other words. It's almost like it makes it more digestible or gives us more clarity of meaning um, because so often we can kind of put these words in and we start to not even really hear them as they are. We hear them as we think they are. So according to Brene Brown, a researcher at the University of Houston, shame is an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. It's the sense that we're bad or we've stepped outside of the social norm and therefore should feel embarrassed or distressed because of our flaws or bad behavior, quote unquote. Now, when doing research for this episode, I found several articles claiming that shame is good for motivation. However, it seems that they are conflating guilt with shame. Guilt is a sense that you've done something wrong and wish that you could have done better, while shame takes this deeper into belief that you or yourself are wrong. Guilt can play a positive role in establishing empathy, encouraging change. It's the negative consequence of doing something that's outside of your moral compass and can help you to align more with your values. While shame can become demotivating as you start to believe that you yourself are not worthy of the things that you seek. So according to research done by Cambridge Business School, if an individual experiences shame as a result of underperformance or anticipated underperformance, three possible possibilities arise for behavior. So the first is that the individual withdraws from the source of shame. So employees, for example, may engage in withdrawing behaviors through absenteeism, decreased commitment to the organization, decreased aspirations and excuse development. The second is the individual experiences anger or hostility. And the third is that the individual may seek to make amends and to increase efforts. Now, this is interesting because when we think about the Enneagram and the three stances, we have withdrawing, aggressive, and dependent. Now, in the shame center, we have types two, three, and four, two being a compliant or dependent, three being an aggressive or an assertive, and four being withdrawing. That could lead us to think that perhaps when faced with shame, twos are more inclined to want to fix it and become better, threes are inclined to become maybe angry at the source, and fours are inclined to withdraw from what makes them feel that way. Wouldn't it be great if choosing how you feel was as easy as picking a song on your phone? Tap a button to feel energized without any caffeine, tap a button to feel relaxed when you're stressed. 
When I heard that there was a wearable device called Happy let, that lets you change how you feel, quite frankly, I didn't really believe it, but I had to try it. So Happy works by delivering signals to give you the same sensations as caffeine, alcohol, and melatonin without any of those chemicals or side effects. So signals are like a song only your body can hear. They're made by Happy to replicate the unique magnetic signatures of popular everyday ingredients. So just by switching the signal on your phone, you can change how you feel. I love using signals to boost my energy. Like drink, It's like drinking a cup of coffee or to increase my focus when I need to crank out some work. And they even have signals for getting deeper, more restful sleep. I really like to put it on right at, like in that space after I get out of the shower, while I'm you know putting on lotion, getting ready for the day, brushing out my hair, things like that, because it just puts me in a calm, meditative state and makes me feel like I can really embrace the rest more as someone who struggles to slow down, it can re- it really helps me to enter into a more relaxed place in my body. Happy is backed by decades of research, plus it has 365-day guarantee, so you can try it for a whole year. Give Happy a try, and you're going to love it as much as I do. So order today, and you'll save 25% and get 90 days free access to all of their signals. Take advantage of their 365-day guarantee today. Go to happbee.com slash egram. That's H-A-P-B-E-E dot com slash egram to save 25% on your order. Happy.com slash egram. Thank you, Happy, for supporting the podcast. Now, additionally, recent research has shown that there is such thing as a high shame prone individual. So someone who is more inclined to internalize shame. High shame prone individuals attribute more self blame that goes from situational to global belief about who they are as a person. Whereas low shame prone individuals are therefore less vulnerable to the negative effects of failure than maybe a high shame prone individual. So a high shame prone individual internalizes the cause of their performance to a greater extent than a low shame student may. So the high shame students are experiencing greater anxiety, a greater propensity to engage in avoidant behavior. They may assess their performance more in terms of failure than success. And this can take us back to the conversation we had months ago about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. So as a reminder, a fixed mindset means you believe intelligence, talent, and other qualities are innate and unchangeable. So if you're not good at something, you typically think you'll never be good at it. You can't improve. By contrast, a growth mindset means you believe intelligence and talent can be developed with practice and effort. So in order to grow, the individual must believe that change is possible. And so low shame prone individuals may be motivated by shame, while high shame prone individuals are more likely to be demotivated by being shamed, believing that there is something wrong with them and therefore they cannot change. But I'm here to argue that potentially guilt is what we're really talking about here, right? Like a low shame individual is going to experience guilt without shame and therefore be motivated, whereas a high shame prone individual is likely to experience guilt, which then reminds them that they think that they are less worthy and that for provides shame. This doesn't mean that we're all, that some people experience shame and other people do not. We all experience shame to different degrees and have different levels of, of ease in accessing that shame point. 
So how do you know if you are more inclined to be shame prone or kind of more inclined to experience guilt and keep moving anyway? So for guilt, you know, let's ask this question. Do you tend to apologize excessively? Do you have an exaggerated sense of your ability to harm others? Do you feel unreasonably responsible for other people's happiness or welfare? Do you feel like you don't deserve your own happiness? Do you feel better after you confess your imagined misdeeds to a friend or a partner? These are things that can make you more prone to guilt, but let's look a little bit at shame. Do you find yourself preoccupied with assigning blame? Do you often feel angry or victimized without knowing exactly why? Do you struggle with a sense of self-esteem that can swing suddenly from low to high? Do you find yourself preoccupied with envying others? Do you avoid talking about your failures or insecurities to avoid ridicule or criticism? This relationship to shame occurs with the belief that there is something wrong or broken with you. According to psychologist Mark Zaslav, those vulnerable to the shameful implosion of self-regard any setback, criticism, or disappointment can feel like a global verdict on the very adequacy or goodness of self. So when something feels wrong, someone must be to blame. Often there's a mental dialogue or blame swings, pendulum-like, between self, negative self-attribution, and resentful projections onto external forces, so ridding the self of the deflating quality. So yes, a lot of us are managing our relationship to guilt and feeling bad for the things that we do, but shame-prone individuals are navigating their very worth on a daily basis. So with that in mind, on Thursday, I will be sharing a few ways to work through shame and build a healthier relationship to who you are and the belief that you are worthy of good things. For now, I'm going to leave you with a little food for thought from Brene Brown. The intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging, quote unquote, I am bad, I am a mess. The focus is on self, not behavior. So with the result that we feel alone, shame is never known to lead us toward positive change. Okay, friends, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. I will see you tomorrow for the next episode.